0: This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk.
1: Welcome to the Rusk Report on the BET 1520. We're very honored to have a distinguished member of the New York State Assembly, Michael J. Norris, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about him. He was elected in 2016 to the New York State Assembly and re-elected in 2018 and 2020. His district includes parts of Niagara, Erie, and Orleans counties. As a member of the New York State Assembly, Mike Norris has focused on improving our infrastructure, roads, bridges, parks, along with the library system in western New York. He has also fought for stronger ethics laws, including pension forfeiture, supported a more open and transparent state government by sponsoring the State Contract Sunlight Act and champion legislation to expand coverage and opportunities for our volunteer fire service. A very highly regarded member of the New York State Assembly. Let's talk about masks. Uh, In Niagara County, I don't think that masks are required in uh, buildings. They're required in Erie County. So how do you feel about this and the right of the individuals to dictate their destiny? Michael Norris.
2: Well, thank you, Brian, for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. In terms of masks, it's very simple to me. You know, the state of New York should not be the mask police. It's very simple. We understand uh, what's going on with the coronavirus. Uh, Individuals have the information. Uh, We understand the, the risks if you don't wear a mask, But also, we understand if you've been vaccinated, for example, that there really is no need for the mask. So I say it's very simple. Uh, It's up to the individual for their own personal choice to decide whether or not they want to wear a mask or not. Again, all these mandates are coming down. We saw this all throughout the pandemic. You know, the uh, constantly uh, putting uh, mandates on our businesses, on our small business owners, on our restaurants, and really uh, individuals understand. And at certain points, we had to wear the mask. Everyone did what they needed to do. They flattened the curve. People have gotten their vaccinations. And uh, I, I really think that uh, Chairwoman uh, Becky Wittish did the right thing. Let's focus on the things uh, that we need to do, increasing uh, access our booster vaccinations, for example, increasing testing sites, uh, particularly here in Niagara County. Very, very important. Let's put the state resources into that and not running around and being the mask police, because I really do believe that it's up to personal choice and for individuals to choose uh, whether or not they want to wear a mask or not.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about these mandates. Uh, Governor Hochul has put forth mandates but then she's not enforcing these mandates so is it a non-mandate what type of mandate is required when it's not enforced uh, isn't this sort of a joke
2: well it, it it really from what the governor is saying it's more of a suggestion you know if you if you want to wear them when there's no enforcement mechanism that she's doing um from from the state level so she's like okay very well you 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 can we should wear a mask But again, there's no mechanism for the enforcement. And actually, I think that's a good thing because it should be personal choice for individuals to decide whether or not they want to wear a mask. And and it should not be a burden on our restaurant owners and our small business owners uh, to enforce uh, these uh, uh, mask provisions that she has said, basically, in terms of guidance. But, you know, Brian, the most important thing is we need to restore balance back in the state of New York between the executive branch and the legislative branch. In New York State, you know, there are 150 members of the New York State Assembly. There are 63 members of the state Senate. And then there's one governor. And, and I think that what we saw, particularly under the previous administration uh, with uh, former Governor Cuomo, is that it was always dictated coming down from the executive, and that was the most frustrating thing to me throughout the pandemic. Uh, and I know it's so technically ongoing. But everything was coming down from the executive with very little uh, discussion with the legislature. And we are duly elected. So I think it's very important uh, for this governor, and as we go back to Albany starting in January, I will give her a little bit of credit. She's taken a, a good first step to restore uh, the state of the state Back into the assembly chamber. That's been a tradition for uh years, for decades. And for the former governor chose to go and do his own at, at the Empire State Plaza, uh, an off-site of the assembly chamber. She has said, "I want to be partners with you. Well, let's do it then. Let's work together in a cooperative fashion to actually address these issues with us being the co-equal branch of government. Because you know, I've been elected and." to serve this district and the 144th district, I represent 134,000 people, and trust me, they let me know exactly how they feel about these mask mandates, for example, the restrictions that are being placed on our, our small business owners and our restaurants. And I believe that we should be able to have these things debated openly in the Assembly Chamber and the Senate Chamber and then work in a cooperative ma- manner with uh, the governor of the state of New York.
1: Well, let's talk about the damage to the restaurants uh, a lot of people uh, during the shutdown in Erie County went to Niagara County to have dinner and lunch uh, they didn't believe in these mandates um, there were tens of thousands of waiters and dishwashers and cooks who were laid off for a year and a half uh, where in Florida they were open and functioning how do you feel about this well, I, I saw it firsthand
2: because in my district, I represent parts of Niagara and parts of Erie County as well as the town of Shelby New Orleans. But between Erie and Niagara, I saw it. And when the, gov- the former governor came down and put those red and orange zones restrictions on, it drew businesses, right, uh, the business right out of Erie County over the border to Niagara County. I mean, you could be at a restaurant in Clarence jump over to the beer project in Niagara County, and there was no issue. It, it, what I found during the pandemic is that we, the s- small business owners, have adapted, and and the um, the, the, the patrons have ad- adapted, too. They were following the guidelines. They were putting the table so many feet apart. People were washing their hands, using the sanitizer. They were using masks when they were pro- appropriate, particularly at the height of the pandemic. And we adjusted to it because... I always go back to personal responsibility, doing the right thing, understanding what's going on. The small businesses were taking responsibility, and it was it was uh, devastating. I can tell you to the businesses, uh, particularly there there in Erie County, Clarence and Akron, and I heard from these business owners, we can't go back to that. We understand what's going on w- with the pandemic. People have been getting their vaccinations again. On vaccinations, I believe you know again it's a personal choice. But uh, many people uh, have gotten the vaccinations and I just think that uh, we need to do our part to let the small business owners operate and make sure that they continue to do that. And that's very, very important as we move into these potential future surges that they continue to be able to operate and they do it responsibly. And I know they can do it responsibly because they've done it for the last uh, 21 months.
1: What was the sense in uh, having a state of emergency with this Omicron when there were no cases in New York State and nobody knew what the effects of Omicron are? I mean, I I can't understand why there was a state of emergency, and now the scientific studies have shown that the side effects are very minor. So didn't we overreact in the state of New York? Well, again, I
2: think it's... Uh, A governmental overreach and this is a perfect example of that Um, it was declared obviously by by the governor using a provision and then also through the Commissioner of House for other provisions uh, through her powers and at that point we even had we had no cases here Um, again it's important to go back and make sure that that we have co-equal branches of government with our legislature with the executive and that these issues are debated uh thoroughly uh as as this thing uh, continues to go on it's been going on for 21 months i know that people are very frustrated we want to get back to a sense of normalcy you know you see what's going on uh, all around us gas prices are way up uh groceries are way up and uh people are very frustrated. They want to get a sense of back to normalcy. They want to make sure that we get this inflation back under control. And those are the things that I remain to be focused on uh, as a member of the legislature, because it is you know these are I- impacting everyday citizens. Uh, these increases in costs, these mandates are keep putting place uh, on us. And I, I do think it's, it's, it's very important that we focus on this. We focus on the economy, and we focus on, on the impact that it is, is having on our whole households. I mean, gas prices are up. Groceries are up. Lumber continues to be higher than than before. Um, I know there was a spike and they're starting to go back down. But prices still are, are really impacting our everyday families. And uh, we need to focus on that when we go back to Albany. And, Brian, I don't mean to go off topic, and mm-hmm. but I want to focus on crime, too. Uh, because okay. we saw in this election th- uh, that people – are were really frustrated with bail reform and uh, the results of bail reform. You know, crime in the city of New York is up substantially. Uh, shootings in New York City, in Buffalo, right here in Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, since bail reform was put in the so-called bail reform was put back in, uh, put into place by the Democratic majorities in the Senate and the Assembly and signed by the former governor. Uh, it is having an uh, impact on our communities and people are very worried about this and we saw that all across the state of new york uh in this past election and people spoke up and i'm glad they spoke up because i voted against those so-called bail reforms you know some of the some of the crimes uh that you the judge came and put a uh, bail on uh includes like burglary in the second robbery in the second grand larceny uh these are serious serious offenses that individuals have uh, committed the judges really do not have discretion on many of these uh, crimes that are being committed and that's something us, as we go back to albany we need to focus on uh we need to, we need to make sure that we, we restru- restore law and order uh back into this state and uh i'm going to work very hard with my colleagues and i know the minority leader of the state center rob ord um,
1: Are you there, Michael? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what Brian. were you saying about Mike Nor uh, uh, about Rob Ort?
2: Yes, was with with, with with a minority leader of the state senate, uh, Rob Ort, the minority leader of uh, the assembly, Will Barclay. We're going to continue to focus uh, on this issue uh, and making sure that we 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 stand up for our law enforcement and we also restore a law and order back into our communities because the the people have spoken about this. They were very concerned about this in this past election. I I certainly knew that uh, way when we took the vote because I voted no on that bill, but it's something I'm going to focus on, Brian. I didn't mean to go off topic with you. No, it's fine. It's very important.
1: Yes. For those who just tuned in to the Rust Report, we're learning from a gifted, articulate State Assembly member, Michael J. Norris, if you're listening in Lockport or Toronto or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power with the Bet 1520, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, the Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the AMPOL Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampo Legal. The Ampo Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716 716- to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guests, Congressman Chris Jacobs, A.J. Baines, president of the Amherst Chamber of Commerce, and Joseph Winner, who is the head of the Family Business Center at Niagara University. Coming up, we'll have author Stanley Drucker, who recently spoke at Franklin Pierce University, in Ringe, New Hampshire, about his new book on President Donald uh, Trump. A little bit more information about Michael J. Norris, member of the State Assembly. He is co-chair of the Learning for Work Minority Conference Task Force. Assemblyman Norris has advocated for greater emphasis on vocational job training opportunities, enhancing skill careers for students. Mike Norris serves as chairman of the Minority Conference, the ranking minority member of the Election Law Committee, and as a member of the Rules, Ways, and Means, Transportation, and Judiciary Committees. Uh, Talking about uh, election law, uh, isn't it ridiculous to have no photo ID uh, that is being proposed in the state of New York at elections when you need photo ID to go to the pharmacy, to go to the border? To go to the bank to do a a transaction shouldn't there be photo id at election polling sites
2: absolutely there should be uh you know when when an individual goes to the polling site there's no reason why they can't present a valid id to make sure that is the person who's voting i am 100 percent for making sure you have voter id and brian like you said wherever you go you need to you need to provide photo id if you want to buy liquor at the grocery store if you want to buy uh, tobacco products if you want to go to the school you know to to even get in to see your child you got to present the photo id when i go to a school and i speak to kids i pro, you know i provide them no problem my photo id you know it's always amazing to me that we have to provide voter uh, id for all of these other things but for the, for voting which we all get one vote, you know, should all be equal. They, they many of the the majority say we don't, we don't, we shouldn't have to provide a voter ID. I, I just don't understand that. I think it's just very simple. Uh, people want to make sure that the people, the individual who's voting is actually that person, and uh, just common sense that you present your photo ID. You have to do it everywhere else, and uh, I think I think it's just something I'm going to fight for. Uh, and I'm, going to, I'm a co-sponsor of the bill uh, to require a photo ID when you want to vote, and there's something I'm going to continue to push for. You know, speaking about uh, election reforms mm-hmm. as well, you know, uh, the voters this past year uh, in the state of New York rejected uh, no excuse absentee ballot. I noticed that the governor yesterday in her uh, initial remarks, I believe, for the uh, future state of the state that she's going to present, now wants to go to a full mail-in voting system. It Just to me, uh, again, it's it's very important to have the voters in the city of New York listen to. They just rejected no-excuse absentee balloting in the city of New York, which basically means you have to have an excuse to get an absentee ballot, whether you... Whether uh, you're at college, you're in the military, you're away in business, uh, you're on vacation, you have to have a—and the voters weighed in on this. Um, So I just think, again, it's it's very important. Uh,
1: Michael, what's the big deal on— having to have a, a photo ID. Why are people objecting to this? Uh, I, I, and doesn't this present, prevent someone from going to eight or nine different polling places and, and just saying that I'm Joe Smith and, and, and voting? Yes, that, and, and that's and that's why we need to
2: have voter ID in the state of New York. So when someone goes to that polling site, they can verify that that person on the rolls Versus the the poll book. Now it's an electronic poll book, but that's why it's important. You know, we have uh, one vote. You know, it's it's a fun. It's been going on for 200 years in our country. Over 200 years, everyone gets the one the, the one vote, and uh, we got to make sure we have that sanctity protected. So there is not out there uh, people going to multiple polling sites and voting or trying to vote. And uh, I just think it's very basic you need to have id for all these other things you should have to have voter id to vote it's very simple yes. and most of the voters i speak with particularly in my district want voter id because they want to make sure the sanctity of the electronic of the electoral process remains in place and that's a perfect avenue to ensure that it does
1: very good um We're talking to a very logical, uh, gifted man, Michael Norris, member of the New York State Assembly from Lockport, New York. If you're listening in Lockport or Manhattan or northern Florida to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power in the BET 1520, drop us a note, please write to Brian Rusk, the BET 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. A little bit more information about Assemblyman Mike Norris. He has also previously served as a member of the Aging Cities, Health, Higher Education, Tourism, Parks, Arts, and Sports Development Committees. Assemblyman Mike Norris received his Bachelor of Arts degree from Niagara University and Juris Doctorate from Albany Law School. He was admitted to the New York State Bar in 2006. Assemblyman Michael Norris. Uh, Let's talk about herd immunity. In Florida, they didn't have mandates for masks and other mandates. And there are 2,000 people a week moving to Florida. 1,000 people a week are moving out of New York State. Um, It seems that they must have herd immunity because it's passed through the population and their COVID numbers are much lower. And here in New York State, we've had these lockdowns and shutdowns. How do you feel about how Governor DeSantis is handling COVID in the state of Florida?
2: Well, I I praise uh, uh, Governor DeSantis on what he has done in the state of Florida. Uh, It is absolutely amazing to me, uh, because what he did was, is he allowed the business owners and the uh, citizens of Florida to take personal responsibility and understand what was going on. Uh, And that's what happened. And in all the businesses, people, it was open. Uh, people understood, particularly at the height of the pandemic, they wore their masks, they stayed six feet apart, they did what they needed to do. Uh, and and this, as it all went through, uh, that state is continues to flourish. In New York, in overall, uh, people are leaving the city of New York in, in in great numbers. And a lot of it has to do with the governmental mandates, with taxes that are placed on it. When you look at our state budget, for example, Brian, uh, $212 billion a year in New York State. $88 billion is uh, for Medicaid purposes of that. And when you compare these numbers to different parts of the country, when you take the, the Florida and Texas' budget combined, it doesn't even reach New York. When you look at California's budget, which we know is the largest state and has almost double the population as New York, and is 260 billion compared to us at 212 billion, and we have uh, less than um, half of the population. It's because in New York, all these mandates are placed, there's red tape every time you turn around, and the taxes are out of control. People are leaving with their feet. They're going to Tennessee, they're going to Florida, North Carolina, Texas, because they just cannot afford to live here. I speak with many people, and they'll reach out to me like, I just can't afford to be here, or some of them, I, I have to move. My family is here. I wanna stay here. Our roots are here. We just cannot take the taxes anymore. We cannot take all the red tape anymore. And uh, it just that's why, I, over the last three years, I have voted against the entire state budget in New York State. And and even in my first two years, I voted against the majority of the state budget, uh, particularly all of these burdensome costs on people. We have to say enough uh, is enough in the city of New York of tax and spend policy. We're losing population in a great number. And uh, that's what I'm going to continue to do, stand up for the people, my district in western New York and all throughout New York, and say we cannot afford these taxes and these mandates anymore. Um, And and we have to take a stand. And, you know, I am hopeful because in this past election, in 2021, you saw a check back. Um, uh, Republicans, which I'm a member of the Republican Party, they really did well across the state of New York. Independents recognized that you know, enough is enough with these uh, crime policies that the majority put into place. You know, our crime is up. Um, the judicial discretion was taken away. Uh, and, that, and that that, right there, also with the cost of living in New York, people are speaking up. And we have to continue to do that. And we need to restore balance back into the state government. You know, I remember when the Senate was in, in the majority, Republican was in the majority. It, what there was, was there at least balance between the legislative branch and the executive branch in our government. And that that's very important, and I think the voters uh, out there and the constituents out there are also recognizing this because they saw, you know, in, in New York, <clears throat> the governor was sometimes Republican and Democrat, the assembly was Democrat, and the Senate used to be Republican, but there was balance there. There was compromise. Things had to get done. Since the majorities have taken over one-party rule in New York State, we have seen the devastating effects. Our budget last year, $34 billion, is up. Uh, Crime is up. And uh, so I'm very hopeful that we'll be able to restore balance back uh, next year and in the future because it's important for the everyday taxpayers uh, here in New
1: York State. We have a minute left on the Rust Report on the BET fifteen twenty. And i just wondering about in Sweden, they never shut down the schools. And one and a half million kids were going to school in Sweden, and not one died from COVID. So why are we so concerned about children if they get COVID a day or two later? If they have sniffles, they're fine. Isn't this overreacting once again?
2: Well, again, there is, and that's why I've been working with, with the superintendent's Uh, in in particular to make sure that we we keep our schools open and we've put a a test of state policy into effect. I know there's a pilot going on with that right now. And hopefully I've written to the governor that that policy will also uh, hopefully be implemented uh, next year in the schools, uh, hopefully maybe even as early as in January or February, i very ho- helpful to that because we have to keep our kids in school. You know, social interaction is very, very important for our students. They have to be together. They have to learn how to work together. They have to be uh, co- collaborative with their teachers in the classroom setting. You know, that's how I learned the best even today when I'm still meeting with people, I'm still talking to people. Um, and Zoom doesn't always do that, you know, so – Again, I think that it's important to make sure we keep our kids in school, we do everything that we possibly can, because it, 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 it is having an impact, not just, obviously, on our parents, you know, they need to go to work and, and and that, but also on our kids, and that's why I will continue to work with our superintendents and encourage uh, the governor to keep our kids in school and to make sure um, that, you know, obviously... The protections are there to protect our children, no doubt about that, but to make sure they're, they're staying there okay. and we do it in
1: a I'm lot of I'm more. sorry we have to uh, close. We've That's learned okay. a great deal from an energetic, bright member of the New York State Assembly, Michael J. Norris of Lockport. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you, Kevin Carr, as our director of production for the past 15 years. Have a great week, Assemblyman Mike Norris.
0: You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone.